At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is Ludwig Lou. I, I'm not going to lie. Ludwig's kind of a nice, classy name. So Lud- I'm not, not going to lie. I've been, I've been studying a lot of YouTubers and building a lot of case studies, and Ludwig mm-hmm. is the one that I've been studying the most recently. Who the hell is Ludwig? He's a streamer and a YouTuber. He got signed to YouTube, so he's not allowed to stream on Twitch anymore. And he, I think he still holds the record for the most amount of Twitch subscribers ever, because he did a 31-day mm-hmm. subathon. So he was live streaming for 31 days straight, and he's famous for that. Makes a bunch of content on YouTube now. He's what cool. caused him to go 31 days straight? Like, what was what was the criteria uh every time someone subbed or donated money it would increase the timer by how much like, i don't know i don't know 31 days like if it was small amounts like let's say five minutes that's a lot but also i think people thought of the drum kit when i said ludwig too so i'm just i just i'm just saying that is probably the youtuber streamer that i was thinking about when i said that but uh let's get into the today's episode is very very important and I think very, very good. We were brainstorming for a while. Live on stream here. We are streaming. If you go to Mixing Music Podcast forward slash live, you can go to my Twitch stream uh, where we're live stream the recording of the podcast every single week. Um, subscribe to me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash DK Mixes or Mixing Music Podcast forward slash YouTube. Yeah, whatever. Uh, there's there's so many different ways to link to the podcast. Just go to mixingmusicpodcast.com. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the best way to do it. Um, and uh, that's anyway, so go check it out. Um, anyway, today's topic, you already read the thumbnail or the, the title, is what they don't teach you at music school. So I want to briefly touch on what kind of schools that we went to, because Lou and I, I just, we've talked about schooling many times and sometimes very heated. Actually, most of the time it got <coughs> very heated uh, in a good way. But um, 
I'm now recognizing that we went to very different schools. Um, Lou went to more of a trade school that offered a certificate rather than a bachelor's or a associates, associates yeah. um, where I went to school for five years and dropped out after five years on the path, like one semester away from a bachelor's for fine arts uh, in music. Um, and so like very different career paths, very different sets of teachers and curriculum. Like, mm-hmm. and for example, apparently Lou learned about taxes and how to set up an LLC, which is unfathomable for most music students in, in uh, regular university. So we're, it's the, very interesting trade school versus university. And I think with both of us together, we're going to be able to talk about, you know, generalize into most music schools, especially for producing and engineering. Fun fact about, yeah. Fun fact about that class. It was taught by somebody who owns a Foley studio. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. The person teaching us taxes was, an active studio owner, which was really cool about that school. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, we have a list that we kind of brainstormed before we started recording, but number one I wrote down is communication. Lou, do you want to, why did, what kind of a communication did your school not teach you? Or just school, you feel that schools in general mm. don't teach as well? So schools will often make an emphasis about kind of expectations in our industry as far as what we are expected to do and how we're supposed to perform and blah, blah. But they never actually fully teach you how to execute on set expectations, one of those being communication. They don't really talk about like, okay, when you actually talk about project starts, like they'll tell you like, okay, try to make sure you understand what, uh, how much money is involved in this and that, blah, blah, blah. But they never actually teach you how to set proper expectations as far as like, hey, what are the deadlines? How do you want to send me the files? How do we actually get an agreement going? Let's say you want one point on the masters. They didn't teach about going through song trust and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they didn't teach you how to deal with communicating with the lawyer as far as your involvement on projects. There was a lot of communication, like, I guess, lack of communication education. When they send you out, you never actually had to practice or do like mock uh, interviews with the client, mock interviews with the label and things like that. They never actually taught you how to actually execute on a verbal level, signing a deal or agreeing to terms with a different production team as an engineer, as a producer, as an artist. They just taught you what that those terms might be, but they never taught you how to negotiate. They never taught you how to really open your mouth and communicate. Yeah. And I think this goes into point number two, which is about etiquette. Uh, real world etiquette in the studio and in a professional how how communication works in the studio especially yeah. based on like as an intern or anything like that um, as an engineer sitting in the chair how you communicate with celebrities or or um, yeah. with the producers in the room those type of like actual practical meta communication skills not just skills but like um, practical forms of communication necessary forms of communication um, yeah it's it's just tough it's tough to do that because you have to keep it general enough in school. Yeah. I think that's, this is, I think everything that we talk about, if we talk about any sort of failings that school has, I don't think it's because of teachers or curriculum. I think it's because the failings of having to teach such a general topic to multiple students rather than a one-for-one lesson. So, like, if yeah. you do lessons with me and Lou, we're going to cater that lesson for you and exactly how to do it. We're going to be able to talk about all this stuff. We don't but, have to worry about everybody else catching on. Exactly. Yeah. But with school, you have to generalize a little bit, and I think that's the boon of 
of these schools. So anyway, uh, communicating yeah. and in real world practical ways, I think is very difficult. I, etiquette. Do you want to say anything else about etiquette? Yeah. Um, DK, do you want to say what the end result of my celebrity training was when we first opened the studio? <laughs> End results of like you get fired if you don't follow them. Yeah, pretty much. Is that, is that what you were uh, yeah, pushing for? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's kind of funny because when you're in school, they talk about like the importance of being a professional and communicating and blah, blah. But another thing is, yo, they really don't teach you how to not fan out and how to act, how to move in a session. Like you got hired for your first big session. Let's run through step by step what you should do. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you think, oh, crap, I got to make sure everything's perfect. You should have a checklist. You should have this. You should have that. They don't really teach you how to deal with high-stakes situations or how to communicate and make, I guess, a what would seem like a tougher session a simpler one. They don't teach you about efficiency. Um, with that said, honestly speaking, uh, studio etiquette is something that you have to learn on the spot. It's not something that you can learn in a textbook. It's not something that you can communicate. If I if I read you a math problem but never showed it to you or never had you do it yourself, you'd never get it. It doesn't matter what you're learning, but etiquette is one of those that have to be done in the wild. Yeah, and etiquette, there's a, a T-shirt that I have that I bought from, or no, that was given to me in NAMM 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the 10 rules of etiquette oh, yeah. for interns. Oh, yeah, we did an episode about and, this. Yeah, so I want you to, if you're interested in learning more about this, there's an episode of the podcast that's called um, how not to get fired as an intern, and that is a it's it's a required listening for anybody that wants to intern at our studio. Um, it's a very good episode about etiquette, so definitely recommend looking into that. I also recommend taking the Ian Bell path. Um, DK and I only have so many Lou names, and uh, Ian Bell, as part of his interview process, also handed DK a list of uh, Lou names. One of them is my favorite of all time, which is uh, Lou, Lord, uh, Lord, Lord of the, of the Boards. No, Wielder of Swords and Lord of the Boards. There it is. Yeah, solid. Good interview tactic. Find something funny to put on your resume. Uh, number three, or four, sorry. Number four is, uh, actually no, number three is a general sense of business. So it seems like mm. Lou and I, this is where we kind of differentiate, and we're going to have varying levels of yeah. business. So like Lou had some freelance help because it's a trade school, which mm-hmm. would make sense, right? Yep. Uh, versus mine had a very different level of business teaching because it was a Bachelor of Fine Arts. It was a BA for for music. So it was like they were teaching mostly theory and how to do be a performer. They, even for perf- people that ended up becoming professional performers, I have a, a friend that's a professional pianist out in, um, out in Europe. Really? Yeah, like really killer piano player and like yeah he probably didn't wasn't ever taught how to f- get a manager or find contacts or how to get land gigs in europe in school but um business in general we're talking about especially as a freelancer so things like um how to track your finances and prepare end of year reports for mm-hmm. your cpa and what a cpa is and how to get your taxes done and potentially pay taxes during the year so you don't have to pay it all at the end of the year um how to set up an articles of uh organization and set yep. up an llc in your state and how if you live in california you should do everything in in your fucking power to not set up a business in California. Talk to your cousins, talk to your neighbors, <laughs> anywhere else. You set up your business anywhere outside of California. You just operate in California, but you do not. Oh my gosh. I am convinced. Just that do sole LL, proprietorship like, in California. I'm convinced, like after doing business now in California, I'm, I'm convinced that the, L, the California Franchise Tax Board mm-hmm. is a fucking scam. Like they're, a scam, they're scammers. I am convinced. 
We've paid everything on time. We've even double paid them ahead of time. And oh, they yeah. take our money and say, we yeah. haven't paid, and we still owe them a late fee, even though we paid. On time. I am convinced that they're scammers. Like, oh my gosh. I hate, do not set up a business in LA. Moral of the story? Don't not set up a business a, nope. in LA. No in LA. Nope. Nothing in LA. Don't do it. I'm convinced it's a scam. They're really, they're, it's, and California's the only state that does that. California's the only state that has a franchise tax board. This is the most bullshit I've ever. I wonder if I set up shop in a state that has a no sales tax, if I can abide by that one too. So Launchpod Media is technically organized in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Was it Delaware? I think that's the main no income startup. tax. That's no, 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 no. It's the main startup. So there's the least amount of tax if you sell the business. Oh. So it's it's uh, a lot of people do that for businesses when they t- send us tend to sell. So uh, look up uh, city things like that. Anyway, the point is, teach schools don't teach you things like that. Nope. Um, and we could talk about business in that sense. How to do taxes, finances. Um, On to the next books. Yeah, just general business. Uh, the number four is like branding, reputation, marketing, and how to continue to build your reputation. This can go into a little bit of marketing or networking as well. Yeah. They kind of like, they don't even mention, my. I don't think my teachers even mentioned the importance of building a reputation. And, and like, I think it starts off at like the importance of being, having integrity and being seen as someone that's trustworthy yeah. and good at your job. Which should come by default in your nature. I think it's common sense. Maybe that's not why it's taught. But like, I, it's common sense, but it's so much more important that I, yeah. I think that there should be a focus of emphasis. Yeah. Emphasis in that school. Uh, f- number five is culture. Mm-hmm. Modern culture. Uh, for example, this is a classic one. Uh, hip-hop has been the biggest and most uh, highest income genre of music since 2017. Uh, tracked since 2017. Uh, my teacher in 2020 was convinced that hip hop was not worth studying and not really get into, and actually kind of shit talked hip hop multiple times over, not just during class, but openly on Facebook as well and different things. Uh, that That's a very specific example. Uh, you, it's hard, yeah. Sometimes people have uh, get the blinders on. Some teachers get the blinders on because, uh, unfortunately, and this is this is a thing. I'm not, I don't I don't think every teacher's like this, and some teachers go out of their way to make sure that this does not happen. But the stereotype, which happens to be true oftentimes, is that teachers have been teaching now for twenty plus years, has been out of the industry for almost a decade or more, in and in, in out of an industry that changes every single day. Not yeah. just techniques, but how labels work and run and operate. Um, like, for example, TikTok and how labels own Spotify now and, and, and do, like, playlisting thing. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a thing a few years ago. Yeah. And there's no way that, it, like, you have to, like, actively keep up with that sort of stuff. Um, so, uh, man, it's just annoying. Just make sure that uh, they don't teach you up-to-date culture in school, which is unfortunate. Some teachers are actually still currently working in the field. Like, it sounds like you had a few teachers that were actively working. Actually, when I chose, so to make it quick, when I chose the school and I interviewed, I literally went to a ton of open houses. I took Anna with me to almost every single one. Um, Ask her how annoying the process was. It was annoying. But I purposely chose my school because Everybody there was an active engineer or producer or artist. Uh, I remember one of my teachers that I first met was Demi Lovato's personal engineer. And since at the time she was only working at night, he would only teach in the morning. 
So he actively was doing it, but he also had a family with three kids. So he was making sure bills were paid and consistent. And he told everybody, he's like, my plan is to not teach after five years. He mm. was, he said, he's like, this isn't my long-term thing. Um, the student aides that were there where uh, they were, they weren't full-time teachers, but they were there to be like studio aides and all that kind of stuff, inventory, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They were all also like working for like Aftermath. They were working for um, Paramount. They were all engineers somewhere, but they just had their time for consistent pay and they were teaching on the side. And that was what really attracted me to SA. I'm not going to lie. The number one thing that attracted me to that school was that everybody there was active in L.A. But that's a much easier find in L.A. This is not as easy a find if you're we spoke about Delaware earlier. If you're studying in Delaware, I highly doubt one of your active teachers is an engineer for Aftermath. I highly doubt Demi Lovato is booking them every weekend. Why? Because she's not in fucking Delaware. Yeah. I was in Los Angeles. I have not, I had an opportunity to be, learn from people who are active because it's very easy to stay active as a teacher in Los Angeles. So the point of this is that just be aware, uh, even if you don't have an actively working industry professor, um, just be aware that take everything with a grain of salt and understand that if you really like video games, like for example... When we were growing up, we were yeah. told that video games were a waste of time and nobody would ever make oh money my from God. them. That you wasn't know how even, many times it was taken away from me? That, that, was, that wasn't even like a concept. Like making money from video games wasn't even an argument to be made because yeah. it was just that it was a waste of time. It was just a form of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, now, now, shut up. Like esports is like the most important and Pewdiepie. profitable things ever. So like <laughs> it's, it's just take things with a grain of salt and recognize that if you recognize that there's a movement going on in the culture that you want to move with, then take it with a grain of salt. Anyway, um, other career paths, uh, for example, this is where I think mine would come in. Mm -hmm. I graduated in commercial music. Uh, uh, well, I would have graduated in a BA with a BA in commercial music. Um, and I had to do theory core, music history. I had to learn opera scores and do like notation and piano, blah, blah, blah. So many things that had nothing to do with what I wanted to do. Um, and uh, that was part of it. And did they ever teach me about full? There was like one or two classes. The point of those, and they, they actually, professor did a really good job trying to explore as many different careers within the field as possible. So one week we're assigned to do Foley work. Mm-hmm. As homework. One week we're, we're assigned to do a film score mm -hmm. for like five minutes of, of film. One mm -hmm. week we're remix a song that already had vocals and guitar and like no produce sure. it okay. out. One week we're supposed to do like a copy. So like. Sounds uh, like you had pretty busy schedule. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. one week we were supposed to do like a copy. So it's like we were supposed to make a, no a new song, that, but that sounded really similar to this song. So we wouldn't was get copyright struck. One professor or the general professor? one class. This is one, one class. class. Gotcha. Yeah, and we had to do, another one was like a 30-second um, uh, donut for like a TV or radio commercial, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. So it was like we explored, actually, that was one class though, but I think that that was a very special situation. Um, I think some schools may not do as good of a job exploring other career paths. Dave Pensado on Pensado Space Place talks about this all the time. There are actually so many different careers within the world of audio, and people think that there's not enough, not enough jobs in the world of audio, but there are. I was talking to Shaq, who's Bob's assistant. He mm -hmm. said that a sound uh, and a sound effects editor uh, can be making more than fifty dollars an hour with benefits. Yeah. 
on film and TV. So you're making like, and it's full-time hours. So you're making a hundred K plus plus benefits. And it's like really nice benefits. Um, but you might not enjoy your job. Yeah. But, but it's boring compared to music. So like there's, yeah. there's many, so many different opportunities to go down, but I, I feel like that might be missed in many schools. Yeah. No joke. Um, one of my old teachers, uh, basically opened my eyes to the world of vocal tuning as a full-time job uh which introduced me to like other people i started following other people like i think her name is natty turner in miami where she's a multi-grammy award-winning vocal tuner that's all she does all she's known for well i'm sure she's known for more but as far as i'm personally aware of like all she does is get hired for major project vocal tunings they just send her the session say tune these vocals she sends them back and that's the end of her job yeah, that's crazy. And there's yeah. so much more, right? And and that's really again, that's I think that's more to because of something that's lost because of the the format of schooling its general audience. Um, I will say that's more lost less more in uh, traditional music schools of music. Uh, sometimes you're lucky like Noah Avery who's in the chat said uh, a little earlier that he got a BA, BA in commercial music but it was basically a jazz degree and I could argue the same way. I only half of my degree was actually about engineering. And and uh, only half of that was actually about the type of engineering that I was interesting in interested in. Yeah. So it's it's really tough to do. Uh, last thing, uh, this goes directly into the next thing, which is if you do go to a non-trade school, but a traditional mm -hmm. school of music, um, most of the time, it, as part of the school of music, and to be re recognized as a school of music, there are federal requirements that the school has to hit, including like teaching theory and teaching music history. These There's things that you have to... T so it's going to feel like if you do not a non-trade school like SAE, um, SAE is a trade school, sorry, non-trade school like what uh, traditional university, then a lot of that is going to be based off of performance. For example, not only I want to be an engineer, but I had to do an emphasis on an instrument. So I could not get accepted mm -hmm. to the school. I had to get accepted to the school of music and get accepted to my program, mm -hmm. which is a less than 1% uh, acceptance rate. It's the it's the the hardest program to get into in the his in the school ever by not not even close. And then the second hardest second hardest school to get into, which is like nursing, only had a fifty percent or advertising had like a fifty percent acceptance rate. Yeah. So it's it's totally different. Um, and because of that, it it's they're gonna have to because it's part of the school of music. And I was registered as a singer. I had to take a lot of singing classes and. It sometimes felt like I was graduating and learning how to be a singer and not an engineer, and that got annoying. So I mean, you got to become a good singer, but specifically with singing, like <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, that's I, I'd like to know how to sing better. Just I'll sing more. Them. I'll tell you to sing more <laughs> and gig more. That's how you get better. All right. Oof. And uh, uh, so anyway, sometimes it feels like you're trying. They're teaching you how to be a performer more than an engineer or a producer. So keep that in mind. Like. Um, we were talking about how, like, in a good semester, for me, in a good semester, I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but for a good semester, with all my classes to combine, like 14 out of minimum 12 credits to be full-time, like 14 to 16 credits, 12 to 16 credits, you'd work on maybe 12 songs or projects yeah. in a semester. Semester being what, a quarter? Three months? Yeah, like three months. So, like, in a semester, you work maybe on 12, like 12, 10 to 15 songs max. Yeah. And think about that. Like, me working on 12 to 15 songs... That is less than a month. Yeah. That is that is potentially three weeks. Yeah. Like <laughs> that you're not gonna get the proper amount of experience with with schooling too. And the most common 
the common complaint that I heard in my school. And I don't think this is in any set. By the way, I went to BYU, which is in Utah, and is actually rated the number one most value for for price value price for education for music bang for your buck so bang for your buck music degrees BYU is number one in the entire country according to a few different uh, uh, places I think Forbes was actually one of them they did a study nice. number one value for education in music anyway um, it was int- it's really interesting so this is uh, sorry I lost my train of thought no I was talking about um, anyway uh, school oh yeah the number one complaint and I don't think this is on BYU or like on this university, I think it's just a general thing. Like I, f- the, every student was like, I wish I had more time to actually work on music, and and that was the biggest thing. It's like when yeah. you're going to school, it sometimes may not feel like you're actually getting the time to work on music. Which actually, is that's actually a pretty big deal. I don't know if uh, if this is still a major issue. I'd imagine so with the increasing count of student bodies. Uh, in most schools as like some schools shut down and because of that other schools expanded and increased their student body size but uh, they didn't increase the number of studios so part of it is actual practical experience working on whatever system you're learning to work on if you want to learn on a console you can learn on a console whatever the reality is, I think even our interns that have been with us for a month that actually utilize the resources that we provide for them probably have more hours in the studio than a complete semester student at any school because lab hours are usually pretty sparse and rarely available for longer sessions. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who said at the school that he went to here in Hollywood, huge school, they offer a master's in, in music technology. They gave people a maximum bookability in advance of two hours, and mm-hmm. if there was time before or after available the day of, you could take that time because there were so many students in the in the actual school program that they could only allocate a maximum of two hours per day, two sessions per week. Yeah, so I think that's where it's, it's going to very based on schools but for me we had yeah. no issues in yeah. fact I, I would say now i consider that a blessing like we had one big studio that was actually connected to the auditorium so like we would record oh, every single like jazz like touring musician that actually played on campus yeah. or whatever tower of power came through a lot actually tower of power is hell. tower of power came yeah through a that's lot good BYU. that was like number one of the number one acts at byu Man. um we had a lot of big actually byu had a lot of big music acts i'm not gonna lie to you uh, but uh, what is hip is probably the song I would want to see them play. Oh live. yeah, of course. That's what is hip? Yeah, but uh, uh, that's a fun one. Um, but that's 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 a lot. And then um, what else? Uh, we had like a medium sized one, and then we had a bunch of production suites, which were smaller, but had a bunch of like VIs, virtual instruments loaded up for like composers and whatnot. Dual computer setup? Not just single computer setup. Oh, but they were really? like stacked, and it yeah, was yeah. it was great. And and that was one of the things. So I think we were blessed with that. So something to consider as well. Um, granted, our commercial music was only about thirty to fifty students at any given time. Okay. So like total for like all freshmen to senior to like whatever. Um, next one is like I'm gonna the, we wrote down file management, but I'm gonna say like small practical meta skills. Yeah, systemization is probably the number one project thing that they don't teach. Yeah, project yeah. management, file management. Actually, you know, going not not to backtrack but going back to the like uh i guess business classes and all that systemization it leads into both but like you know if, if file management but like let's say setting, setting up, up mailchimp yeah, MailChimp. yeah how to collect emails on your website how to do quotes and all that but um 
literally. And that's not something that a school should teach you. That's something that you're going to have to learn on your own. But it's something that's actually kind of good where it's like, hey, guys, like they always teach about the 10,000. They always bring up the 10,000 hours of practice, but they never talk about, yo, like to maximize that, let's minimize the the redundancies in in what we have to do to continue running a business. So if I were to teach, by the way, I would love if I were to teach a class at school as Mm -hmm. an adjunct professor, it would be music business. Um, yeah. especially for freelancers. Cause I, we talk about, okay, how are you going to build an audience? And we got, we got these sort of things and I'm going to have the homework would be based on like, okay, go and start a mailing list and create an email list and show it to us. That actually be dope. Things like that. Like anyway, uh, I actually learned that on the job with, uh, Westlake. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, number last, next one is modern techniques. We kind of went over how teachers and curriculums can be out of date. Uh, so just be aware, modern techniques, um, that's going to be, it's, it's just really hard for schools to teach you. That's not at the fault of the school. That's just how the, one of the things of the system, the faults of the system, uh, Actually, internships are super duper important. Trade schools are going to be way yeah. better for this though. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm going to be honest. I purposely chose a trade school over any university or anything that I was finding for two major reasons. One of them was price. I was financing everything myself uh, without any financial aid or anything. So I had to be uh, weary of any kind of cost issues that I would run into. Secondly, that also meant that I needed to get as much as I could within a certain budget before I went broke over my education and not over my career. You know, I wasn't trying to tail that too long, but Trade schools are really, really good if you're looking for like modern production techniques, um, especially if you're in a busy city. If, if you're in any major city, there's usually a music scene. Like uh, Chicago has a music scene. Um, uh, Seattle actually has a music scene. It's not very big, but it's it's existent. Even Vegas has a music scene. I mean, it's entertainment. But um, if you're if you're looking to get some more modern production based education, definitely a trade school or Honestly speaking, there. If you're not looking for a specific piece of paper, uh, go to a private small school that is actually like recently opened by other professionals in the industry. Uh, one that I would like to shout out is Create Music Academy, which is uh, Doug, who is one of the head engineers at um, Westlake Studios. Uh, Alex Flores, I believe, works with them and everything. But you know, these people are the same people that are like producing and recording records for like Jamie Foxx, uh, 1500 and nothing and all them, you know, it's actually, it's a school run and taught by these people. 1500 or nothing have their own music production school. Not saying that they're amazing, like BYU or SAE or by those standards, but by their own standards, if you're looking for modern production, look for those guys. Yeah. Don't, don't look at, um, you know, Pasadena city college. So the next one, the next point is a tough one. Um, I'm I'm a big believer of the importance of hope, uh, mm-hmm. and the next one is a really really tough one because perseverance. <laughs> for example, one of Ludwig's streams, he talked about me. He talked about yeah yeah. <laughs> he talked about how what you can do, things that I learned of how to become a big Twitch streamer. Mm-hmm. And his point number two was, if you want to be a big streamer, and he pulled up a slideshow, and the one word, there's one word on that slide, and it said quit, because you are statistically unlikely ever going to make it. Good. Um, and and I, I don't like that concept, because it just removes all hope that you can make it. And again, with the whole Dave Pensado thing, there are so many different, um, there's so many different ways for you to make money from audio in in the industry there is there's uh, so many but 
the the truth is for many things like to be paid well as a mixer there's a proper struggle yeah and at no point does anybody ever have it easy nope and um it's important to recognize that yeah like full sales success rate is like job landing rate out of, of it's colleges it's under one percent it's crazy and like it's under one <laughs> Uh, of, really? act, of actual jobs because they did us so back when i was researching schools full sale had like three active lawsuits against them for that statistic uh that they were promoting they were promoting that like a, a high percentage of theirs actually get a job but it was like getting a job at guitar center that they were qualifying um so e what qualifies as an actual job they were also qualifying internships I'm just saying, like, full sale immediately went out the window when I saw that. Um, not saying that it's a bad school. It's actually a really good school. It's just don't go off of their placing odds when choosing a school. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so just, just real quick, real, real time, there are many, many jobs, but you might have to either uh, pivot laterally into, like, film and TV when you were trying to do music or go into games or some things. I would say go in the direction. There's so many opportunities, but it is actually really, really hard. The music industry is very, very small, much smaller than film and TV. Um, there's very little budgets, especially at the beginning. So just be aware that it is difficult, and schools don't really teach you that, nor do I think schools should. No. I don't think schools should teach you that you're very unlikely to get a job out of this. I, I wish schools did emphasize that. And, and the reason why I think they should emphasize business more is because it sounds like they did at your school. But at my school, they did not emphasize how, how important it's going to be to learn how to be an entrepreneur because most jobs are going to be through freelance. Yeah, it's, Staff engineer at a studio is going to be much more difficult than freelancing. Yeah. And you're going to have to freelance in order to build a resume to get onto a staff position. Yeah. So, like, I wish they emphasized that you're going to be an entrepreneur and a freelancer, probably. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to pay crazy amounts of money for education, um, do what they're prepping you to do. If they're prepping you to be interviewed and get a job somewhere else, interview them for the job that you're paying them to do, which is educate you properly. Um, literally speaking, once again, the main reason I chose my school is because it was ran and taught by people who were active in the industry, which is huge and because of that they made a big stink of everything that really does make a difference things that really do help you out but not not many schools are going to help you out with this like if if you see dk teaching as an adjunct teacher take that class because music business is extremely important if you want to know what the job of a manager is while you're taking uh, classes out of school chances are they're not going to teach you what a manager actually does just the technical side of the job but um when you actually talk to managers in our music industry they are looking at it from a whole different looking glass. So honestly, if you're if you're in an education system right now, take an internship while you're in school. You might think you don't have enough time, but internships doesn't mean twenty hours a day. Um, you know, like internships are probably the one of the most valuable applications in conjunction with a formal education. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to go to school, also have an internship. Like like I said, one if your school doesn't offer a lot of lab hours, internship. Even if your school, like for example, a lot of trade schools do not require an internship. Even so, you should use and specifically use the connections of your professors and of your yeah. school to get as good of an internship as possible. That was the one thing with most universities require internship credits yeah. in order to graduate. And people keep 
picking low-hanging fruit for their internship, the local studio that's not that big, that yeah. somehow is accepted by the board. Um, no, like if you're not in LA, go get an internship in LA or in Nashville, in New York. Go get an like shoot for the stars with the internship because that's going to be your biggest form of practical application education during your school year. And most universities offer scholarships or funding specifically for those internships. Yeah. I went to Mix with the Masters in France for free for a week and got internship credit for it for free because the school paid for it. There's an experimental learning fund that the school has and totally passed through and I wrote a report and and it was paid for totally for free. And so those Classic universities do have scholarships, so talk to your counselors and professors um, and get as good of an inter uh, as, uh, internship as possible, which leads us to our last point that we're going to get to is networking. I mean, people talk about yeah. networking, but especially if you're not in a big music city. I wish they taught us more and they forced us even for school credits and point to do internships or to leave and go to music cities. Go to LA, go to Nashville, go to New York. Go to NAM. Go to NAM. Well, well, most universities will actually, the professor or somebody will go to NAM. Make sure you go with them. Go yeah. with them. I, even if it costs money, go. Go with them. Even if their career is in the past, doesn't mean their connection's left. Yeah. Um, networking. Use your professor and various other students' connections to increase your own circle um, and also become friends with every other student too. I make a lot of money from my former classmates. Yeah. We give each other gigs because one of them is a producer. I give him production work and he gives me mixing work. It's a, it's a film score, whatever. We, we hang out all the time. We talk all the time. We've given each other money. So it's, it's network with your fellow students, but go to outside of your small town in Nebraska and go to fucking LA, Nashville, and, and have that be part of your curriculum or your internship or whatever way. And if you can get school to pay for it, great. If not, go anyways. Yeah, so that's the last thing, networking. Um, and yeah. and I think like Berkeley does a good job with this because yeah. usually at the, there's like a tradition from what I understand. After you graduate Berkeley, everybody kind of migrates to Nashville, to New York, Nashville. And, yeah. and uh, well, they're in the East Coast. And then to L.A., so they kind of migrate. Bob Horn did that as well. I've heard a lot of uh, Berkeley cats do that. They all kind of migrate to L.A. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Berkeley exit method. Yes. Yeah. So uh, on that note, I think that's the uh, the final point of the episode of the podcast. Any other kind of thoughts that you had as we kind of went over? Uh, yeah. Um, honestly, everybody knows this. I'm a big backer of traditional education, but it's at the end of the day, very case by case. Everybody learns a different way and actually has a different need uh, as far as their education style. Uh, I'm a very hands-on person, so I chose my school based on what was going to work best for the way I learn and not for the way that the school intends me to learn. The reason being is, dude, I have ADHD. You know how bad it is. And you see how active like physically I am with like, hey, if I can improve something, I'm going to do it. But not every school teaches the same way, so everybody's case is going to be very different. Everybody's experience in the education system is going to be very different, but there's one constant, which is there's no there's no replacement for actual real world experience it really it's really not going to be something you learn in school and if you're ever looking for ways to improve your education youtube university is another great one but it's still not experience 
just go out, get an internship, whether you're in a traditional school, a trade school, uh, whether you're not in the school, go get an internship. You wouldn't believe how fast some of our interns have progressed. Like we've got interns that, you know, came in, didn't uh, actually Henry is a great example of this. He came in not knowing Pro Tools at all. And now he's the head of head producer for a production label in our in North Hollywood, which is really cool like he he wasn't very confident at first with it and now he's like taking on sessions he's boasting about like he's like dude a year ago like i could not walk into a room with people that i didn't know and lead a session that's not something that's going to happen right at graduation from a traditional school it's only something that you can learn from being around sessions seeing how they move um they're not going to teach you how to do uh, uh i guess you could say uh, difficult situation kind of troubleshooting or moving through a difficult situation. Not always is the client going to be super pleasant or is there going to be uh, the computer that works perfectly through the whole session and now suddenly, you know, something happens and you don't know how to react. You don't know how to communicate. Hey, let me fix this real quick. Real world experience is the number one teacher. Absolutely. I also learned this episode that trade schools is probably, if you don't care for a degree, yeah, which is important to think yeah, about. Yeah, because some people like you do want a degree. Yeah, if you um, want a technical job in the in the later life, get a degree. Yeah, and it's good to be safe with a degree, mm-hmm. um, because I know a lot of people that graduated in commercial music and then went on to be something totally different. Yeah, they actually went on to be a nurse or a doctor, or, or they like got that. a government job. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So like things like that. So it's okay because you can always fall back on your degree to get actually get. I mean. If you have a degree, you never have to get a minimum job ever again if something happens, right? Which is a great thing. Um, But if you are looking and if you're really, really committed to the idea of just being an engineer and you really want to be taught specific real world, most modern applications ever, it sounds like trade school is it for many, many people. So recognize that there's a couple different options. Um, I did not, I kind of, I always just assumed that, oh man, I didn't realize I, yours was a trade school until now. I, I knew that our schooling was very different, but I just I didn't realize that. So yeah, so I did like a five year thing. He did like a two year thing, and his was more focused and probably learned more about Lou learned more about audio engineering than I did in five years, and more than double the amount of time. Lou probably learned more specifically about engineering than I did, which is interesting. It was like I said, I spent a lot of time choosing my school. Yeah, so do that. Um, and the main difference is, I think, is a trade school versus a, a university. Um, With that said, do I recommend SAE? No. <laughs> <laughs> so look into trade schools, not not uh, whatever is around you. And and availability and what's closest to you is actual good reasons to pick one. So don't don't. Uh, and then also shoot big, dude. Shoot big. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth going into debt for some schools, but um, yeah, it's a good idea to interview and talk to not just the school and the professors but also alumni yeah yeah ask ask people who went to there so for for me luckily i went out totally debt free and and it was great so yeah i heard about the school about somebody who was going to the school and i asked him like honestly speaking like how did you feel about choosing the school and his exact words were i don't like the curriculum as much as i like the teachers which was Mm. a huge note to know so like ask the ask the students like what do you like? What do you not like? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, is it worth going to school? I think if for me in my situation, I got out debt-free. If, if you can go to school for free or very, very cheap and debt-free and you are young, yeah. fucking do it. Is it worth going into major debt for? No. Like $100,000 into debt for? Oh, uh, no. well, 
Once again, it depends on your on your focus. Uh, yeah, it depends on your focus. Decision. You you want to be the guy that designs consoles for a living? I kid you not. There's a lot of money in live sound consoles. We talked to on. There's a special episode that may have already come out, or no, it will come out in the future after this podcast comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an episode with True Peak Hour. Yeah. Um, and Crystal did graduate school in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And she said that undergrad is not worth it. Graduate school for audio is fucking worth it. Yeah. So uh, something to consider as well. Maybe we should have her back on the show and talk specifically about that because that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you much so much for listening. This episode is sponsored and brought to you by our exclusive episodes. Um, if you like the Mixing Music Podcast and want to hear three times the amount of episodes, go to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive for $4 a month or $40 a year. You can get... Two more episodes every single week that are 100% technical skill based. Um, it's really, really great. It's less than one. It's less than the cost of one coffee per month, um, and it's so much more education. We have so, yeah. so, so, so many people on the list right now um, that I'm probably going to shout out next episode. Um, but it's really, really great. We really appreciate anybody that does that. Also. Um, what else? F- subscribe to me on YouTube. Go watch Lou mix and do things live on Twitch at master or twitch.tv forward slash master by Lou. Come to my mix feedback Friday, every Friday morning at 10 a.m. PST, twitch.tv forward slash DK mixes. Uh, we do a lot of different stuff. Just go to mixingmusicpodcast.com. Yeah. You'll discover all of it. All right. So on that note, happy mixing my friends and stay saucy. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show.